The reading comes from Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. Jesus tells the parable of the hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Jesus tells the parable of the pearl merchant. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Jesus tells the parable of the fishing net. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery, fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning and a happy new year from me. Um, well, we, yeah, warm greetings from Shatin Anglican Church, your sister in Shatin on the other side of the mountain. It's wonderful to be with you and bring you this yeah, New Year's message. Uh, I think it's a great passage, uh, partly because it's going to talk about the treasure, uh, the treasure that Jesus is. But why don't we pray together? Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the great treasure he is. We pray that you would speak to each of us and Father, please envision us for this year ahead, 2021. Uh, we pray for it. It will be a, a good year where you will use us. But uh, yeah, we need you to speak to us now and give us this vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, yeah, treasure. Now, I don't know what you think is treasure. Treasure is something really valuable, right? That's worth a lot. I don't know what uh, is worth a lot to you. Uh, maybe you got a new phone over Christmas, right? The iPhone 12 is out and uh, you're really excited about that. I mean, for, with some people, I wonder, is this really so exciting, right? So you have people who kind of spend the night in a sleeping bag outside the Apple store on the first day it comes out to just get their hands on it. I just wonder, is that worth it, right? It's, it's just a phone. I mean, I'm not an art lover. Uh, with some paintings, you wonder, is this such a treasure that it's really worth this. I don't know what you think is the most expensive painting uh, ever. Apparently a, a painting by Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Salvator Mundi, the savior of the world. It was sold for 
450 million US dollars. So that's three and a half billion Hong Kong dollars. A painting. Is the, what a treasure, I guess, it must be that someone would pay so much money for it. I, I guess money is relative, right? If, you're, uh, if you own Amazon, uh, then you've got 100 billion, then it's nothing. Uh, 100 billion US, uh, then it's nothing. But uh, yeah, some things are, let's think about other things than money then. You know, how about work? Uh, you remember the story in the Bible? So here is uh, Jacob and he wants to marry Rachel, but to get her, well, work seven years for your uncle. And he does that in just a few days, right? All this work, uh, no problem, because Rachel is worth it. Worth it to marry the woman he loves. Or a friend of mine wanted to become a, a partner in a law firm. And then all, the, all these things he had to do, build his portfolio and these clients and, and all these things. And I, you know, I saw him work so hard and I thought, is this really worth it? And I think that's a great question to start the new year with, about being a Christian, about the gospel. Is that worth it? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel it's not worth it. I mean, office parties. I don't know, this, this year was different, right? No virus, so you didn't have an office Christmas party. And maybe you were really relieved about that. Because the normal party, you're there, and all your colleagues are getting drunk, and they're having lots of fun, and, and you're trying to be godly, and you're not really enjoying yourself. And you feel like you're missing out. And then you wonder, is it really worth it? Wouldn't I be much better off if I just go and have fun with these guys? Or maybe Christmas was lonely. Uh, maybe, you know, you're still single. A friend of mine, yeah, well, he, he has a lonely Christmas. Uh, lives in London. But, uh, yeah, why? Well, because he is same-sex attracted and he therefore can't get married. Well, if he wants to be faithful, it would be so much easier to give that all up, right? And then he could have someone to spend Christmas with. Uh, but no. But then, yeah, is it worth it? Is being Christian worth this sacrifice? I mean, even just a little things like serving in church, maybe when, uh, you know, churches close down again, right? Uh, in December. And maybe you were kind of relieved because you're a small church and there's so much work to be done every week and it tires you out. And now you can, in a way, you can sit back and actually, yeah, all this serving. Is that worth it? And then, in a way, these are Hong Kong problems, right? They're, they're pretty small. Think of some other Christians. I mean, we think, uh, well, it's dangerous to go to church, right? Because of the virus, very dangerous. Think of your brothers and sisters in other places in the world. For them, going to church with Christmas is really dangerous because, you know, that's a great day for Islamic militants to bomb your church, right? That's what they always do. Or, you know, you go to church, they come out of the bushes with their machetes and, and hack you. Is in that situation, is it worth being a Christian? Or would you be better off just, you know, becoming a Muslim and living in peace? No fear of, of death. Well, 2021, I want to tell you it's absolutely worth being a Christian. It is. It's worth it. It's the best thing. And maybe you're struggling and you want to give up or you're just not looking forward to the next year. I hope, again, this gives us vision. And if you're not a Christian yet, maybe you're watching this... Uh, I hope you will see, yeah, it's worth it if you're, if you're having your doubts. Being a Christian is worth it. And I think that's the, that's the point of this passage. You've been going through Matthew 
end of last year, but this sermon was uh, yeah, replaced by the Christingle service. But uh, it's a great passage actually for today. Uh, let's look at it. And well, the first thing to say, Jesus wants to say that yeah, the kingdom of heaven, it's worth everything. It's worth everything, right? Verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. It's worth everything, right? The two little parables, just like the mustard seed and the yeast, but they make the same point, right? It's worth everything. Here is someone who finds something of incredible value, whether it's this treasure that was hidden in the field, and wow, this, this treasure and, and so much joy, or, or this merchant looking for pearls, and he finds this pearl of, of great price, something of incredible value, and, and, and actually a value that is not, it's, it's not clearly seen, right? I mean, the treasure, uh, it was hidden in the field. I don't know, did he trip over it? He was walking, and then he, he tripped, and... Oh, there's a treasure here, wow. Or, or this merchant, he, he was looking for it, right? It wasn't obvious on the street corner, no. Looking for it. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah, they, but they find it. I mean, I don't know how these two parables are different, why there's two. Maybe the difference is how people come to Jesus. Right? Some people, they're, they're not looking for it. They almost, they, they trip over Jesus. Uh, they, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know, on Sunday... Uh, they're out in the rain, so they take shelter in a church. Oh, there's a service. Let me listen. And uh, they hear the gospel. It can happen. Uh, for me, I, I, I was never looking for the gospel. Uh, I just met this girl, and I liked her very much. And the only thing is she was a Christian. And so she said, we didn't have any future if I was not a Christian. And so, well, I, okay, I'll read the Bible. I'll look into it. I thought she was the great treasure waiting at the end. Turns out... Jesus was the great treasure, right? Uh, that's someone who wasn't looking, but other people, that they are looking. Right? Maybe, you know, you're looking for meaning, you're looking for satisfaction, and, and you've been trying in, in your job, but it, it doesn't fulfill you. And you, you try to do things for charity, and it doesn't help. And then you try Buddhism, and there's no meaning there. And then finally you try Jesus, and wow, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life, right? But no matter how you get there, in both cases, the response is the same, right? The response is they, they sell all they have with joy. Right? No, no, no problem at all. No, no reluctant, well, it's expensive, but right? no, with joy, just give it all away, sell everything, and then get that pearl, get that treasure, get that field, right? Yeah. I mean, is this parable right? Isn't the gospel free? Of course, in some ways it's free, right? Because Jesus paid for everything on the cross. I think this is about, yeah, discipleship. Because discipleship is hard. Jesus said, you know, if you want to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. And that is what it costs. And like Jacob, seven years. But then longer, right? A whole lifetime of being a disciple. Denying yourself. Taking up your cross. But the parable says, you know, it's, it's worth it. Being celibate for the 60 years. It's no points. It, it, it's worth it. 
you know, serving every week. It's worth it. Staying in a difficult marriage when you want to get out, but Jesus says you should stay together. It's worth it. Um, and even, yeah, facing death when you go to church, it's worth it. Spending the rest of your life in a North Korean labor camp, it's worth it. It's worth everything. And I don't know how you feel. For many of us, life is hard, right? With the pandemic and the economy and the politics. And then and there's all the Christian stuff on top that maybe makes life even more difficult. Can I encourage you, as you look to 2021, to keep going? It's, it's worth everything. It's, it's worth the sacrifice. If you're not a Christian, maybe you know, you'd like to become a Christian, but you're, you're worried. Right? What will my family think? What will they say? I think my, my colleagues will reject me. And those are real things. There is a real cost to being a Christian. The Bible says it's worth it. It's worth it. Of course, as I say this, I haven't yet explained why is it worth it. You know, why is Jesus, why is the gospel worth so much? I mean, there's all kinds of things that are good, right? You get a new relationship with God, and that, that's a wonderful thing to know him. Um, the Spirit comes in your life, and he starts changing you. That's a wonderful thing to experience. There's the community of the church. There's just having meaning and purpose and peace and knowing the truth. There's all kinds of benefits. But actually, is that worth it? You know, being in a North Korean labor camp, is that really worth for all these things? Well, Jesus said, no, actually, there's something much bigger. Why is the kingdom of heaven worth everything? Because it's worth eternity. It's worth eternity. That is where, uh, well, where it goes. Let's look at the next parable. Where did Jesus go next? Well, verse 47. Uh, Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore, and then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets but threw the bad away. I mean, simple story, right? Uh, Fishermen, they collect the fish and they they sort it, good and bad. Uh, What does it mean? Well, Jesus explains it. This is how it will be at the end of the age. This is, uh, the, the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, you can hear the point, I think. Judgment. A separation between the wicked and the righteous. That is what Jesus starts talking about. And, and actually, that's, it's very similar to the passage just before. Right? If you look back at verse 42 and uh, the parable of the weeds. Verse 42. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> it's exactly the same as verse 50. Right? And so this parable of the, this treasure, it is surrounded by... Judgment, separation, and in, yeah, escaping the blazing furnace, and instead while shining like the sun in the kingdom of your father. And, and that's not an enjoyable topic. I don't enjoy talking about it, but Jesus talks about it a lot, as we can see here. And yeah, judgment, I mean, it's a good thing, right? It's making the world right. It is getting rid of everything that's wrong. And I think if we think about it, yeah, we, we, we believe in justice, right? 
maybe you struggle with this, but, but we believe in justice. I don't know how you found the last year. Yeah? Um, I think many of us, we, we've seen things happen in Hong Kong and we think that's unjust and we feel so helpless, right? Things, politically, things are being done and we can't do anything and it's so unjust. And we cry out for justice. Someone needs to hold people to account and it's just not happening. Well, that's why we believe that, that God will bring justice. It, it just must be true, right? We feel that it must be true. And, and even, you know, others here will see the Hong Kong politics differently. But again, think of those Christians. Uh, it's Christmas Eve and they go to church and then the, the militants come and they, they, they hack the men to death and they, they rape the women and children and then they go back into the bushes. And that's it. And the government is too weak to do anything about it. Such crimes and, 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 and no justice. And then we, we know our, our blood boils. We, we want there to be justice. Well, thankfully there is. God will make things right. He, he will judge. The only thing is, what are his standards? It's not just the murderers and the rest, right? God is very fair. It's just, uh, if you want to get in, just zero sins. Just nothing at all. That's the most fair. But the only thing that that means, yeah, all of us are guilty, right? All of us. I mean, all of us need to be saved. I mean, this passage is about Jesus, right? It, it sounds like the wicked and the righteous, and you hear that, well, there's the good people and the bad people, and the good people are saved and the bad people aren't. But that doesn't fit with the, like the, the treasure and the pearl, right? The, the treasure is something you find and, and you don't have it yet, but you need to get it and you do everything to get it. I mean, if it's just me being a good person, then I, I don't need to get something, I already have it. And this is really, yeah, we need Jesus, we need the gospel. And ultimately, all these chapters are about our response to Jesus, and we need to respond to Jesus. We need to be saved. None of us are righteous. But, but, but yeah, that is important about the gospel. The main benefit is future. And, and there is peace now and joy and a changed life and a community, but, but it's hard. And in some places, it can be really hard. And the Bible would say, well, ultimately, it's not worth it. If it's just for this life, it's not worth it. Now, what makes being a Christian worth it is eternity. And so that, that, that's what we need to remember. The only thing is we don't see that, right? We see the treasures here. We see the benefits here now, but we don't see the future. We need to think about it, right? That, that, that's the problem. One of my favorite hymns is uh, it's an old hymn called uh, When This Passing World Is Done. But what it's really good at is uh, the refrain, Then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then how much I owe. And he is looking to the last day, and then will I really know how much I owe. Then will I really know how much you've done for me. And he thinks about the judgment, and he, he's, yeah, the song is about people being judged and thrown into the lake of fire. Well, when I see that, then, then I will know how much I need Jesus. And, and, and for me, when I stand before the throne, dressed in beauty, not my own, when your fullness, Lord, I see, when my heart from sin is free, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. That's the thing. That's when we will know it. But it's hard to know now. I mean, imagine yourself standing before God. Right? What would you say to him? And he shows you all the words you've ever said and all the things you've ever done. And, and 
worst of all, all the faults you've ever thought, right? I look pretty respectable, but look at my faults. God is going to show all of them, and, and then you will have nothing to say, right? You will not enter the kingdom of heaven, except that Jesus came down, and he died for you, and he paid for all your sins, and you can, you, you can be welcomed in. He took that blazing furnace on himself, on the cross, so you can get into the kingdom of heaven. Now, you, you need him. And what a joyful treasure is that, right? And, and, and it's not just being saved from hell, it's, well, the joy of heaven, right? We're going to be welcomed into the family, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the most loving family there is. You're going to be welcomed in, and you're going to live forever in this beautiful new world where everything that's, you know, good here is a million times better, and all the pain and suffering and crying is gone. That is eternity. And, and that is what Jesus came to bring. That's what the gospel brings. Yeah, we need that. And everything else, they're nice things, but they are ultimately they're icing on the cake. And you can do without the icing <laughs> as long as you have the cake. I mean, life is unstable, right? I mean, church can be great until all your friends leave and then you feel very lonely. And, and sometimes you feel very close to God, but then you have a bad night's sleep and you feel very distant. All these things, they're, yeah, they're fragile. Eternity isn't. Eternity is, is fixed and that will never change. It's a treasure that, that's stored up in heaven, kept for you. It's worth eternity. And so, yeah, it, it's worth everything. We, we just need to remember it. It's why we confess our sins. And you confess your sins because you remember, oh yeah, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. Yeah. And then, yeah, everything is worth it. The suffering. The repentance, the discipleship, it's worth it. Because it's so short, right? It's, you know, 60 years, 80 years. I remember once talking about it. I gave a talk on marriage and uh, how it's uh, so small compared to eternity. And I said, well, then the most you'll ever be married is 80 years. And then a woman in the front row said, thank God. I mean, maybe embarrassing for her husband, but, but she, she got it, right? It's only 80 years. Think about it. Every, if you're a mathematician, Right? Do the, do the proportion. Everything divided by infinity is zero. Right? Everything divided by infinity is zero. It's worth everything because the gospel is worth eternity. Well, I hope you, you get that. I hope you rejoice in that. I hope if you're not a Christian, you, you want that. And if you, you know, if you have questions, go and do Christianity Explored or something. Come and find out more. There's just this last parable, because it's wonderful news for us <laughs> as Christians. But Jesus also wants to say, it's worth sharing. It's worth sharing. And, and that's the last uh, parable. So verses 51 and 52. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Now, this is a parable. Most of us don't see it as a parable, but something about the kingdom of heaven is like, and then some story, right? It's, it's a parable. It's just a very tricky verse that uh, many people kind of, where we wonder, we don't know all the details. But I think some things are clear. I mean, is this, it sounds like okay, a teacher of the law who has become a disciple. 
I mean, when you hear that, you think of someone like Nicodemus from the Gospel of John. I mean, is he just talking about Nicodemus? That would be a bit weird. I, I don't think so. I mean, it should be relevant for the 12, right? It should be relevant to the people he's just been talking to. And when it says, you know, uh, who has become a disciple, in a way, that's, that's the people he's talked to. Have you understood all this? Right? Have you learned all this? Yes. Well, if you become a disciple, then. So I think this is about all disciples. Jesus, in a way, compares disciples with teachers of the law. Because we, in a way, we, we teach from God's words. In a way, all Christians do that, right? Uh, think back of the beginning of the chapter. The sower who sows the seed everywhere. That's disciples sharing the good news. Uh, chapter 10, it talks about it. Uh, how does Matthew's gospel finish? Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching them. If you're a disciple, in a way, you're a teacher. And new and old, I guess that's something about, you know, Jesus is new, but he comes, fulfills the Old Testament. But what is the connection here? Well, what's the point of the story? This is what it's like. You are the owner of a house who brings forth treasure. That's the connection, treasure. So what we've been thinking about the whole morning, treasure. Evangelism, sharing the gospel, is bringing out treasure. And, and, and the picture here is this, yeah, this, this big house and this wealthy owner, and he has this room just full of valuable things, like jewelry and, well, maybe that painting of 450 million, right? And he brings out those treasure. Maybe he's got guests around. Come and see my treasure. Come and see this beautiful painting I bought. Uh, or maybe it's for the needy, right? There's a need, well, let me bring out treasure uh, for my, my storeroom. But bringing out treasure, because people, if people have a treasure at home, they, they share it. Right? If you've got an iPhone 12 now, my guess is you're gonna show that to people, right? Look at what I have. Again, if you have that painting, you, you would show that. Or, you know, maybe you have a, kids, you have a play date, and then uh, you're gonna show your Christmas presents, right? Or you visit a married couple and they've just got married. They're going to show you the wedding albums because this is so, they're so excited about it. And so they want to share it. But that is what it's like. Sharing the gospel. For many of us, it's kind of like a duty. Something we need to do that we know is good. Actually, it should be sharing treasure. And the most wonderful thing is this treasure is unlimited. It's not that I give it away and I no longer have it. You know, everyone can join in. Jesus is unlimited. Treasure. Again, is that how we see things? I think most of us, we don't, we're not very good at sharing the gospel. Maybe we are afraid of people's responses. Maybe we just don't know how to explain it well. Although my guess is from this passage. Maybe we're just not excited. We're just not excited enough. We... We know Jesus is the best thing, and we know we should be excited, but yeah, we were excited when we became Christians, but now it's kind of we're too busy with work and school and the politics and the virus, and we just don't have time for it, and it's not something that's alive in us. And so, yeah, we're not excited enough to share it. Yeah, we know it, but we just assume it. And so what should we do for this new year? I mean, I hope we'll be sharing the treasure, but, but that's not how it starts, right? I think what I want you to go away with, well, can you get excited about Jesus again? Can you take time, maybe this afternoon, you know, maybe the coming days still, 
look at Jesus. Sometimes we, you just need to stop. Like my wife and I, uh, a few months ago, we went away for a night, one of those staycation deals. Partly because, uh, yeah, the one reason, okay, we, we've met each other 20 years ago. We thought that's worth celebrating. And, and life is busy, but just to take time together and just reflect on God's goodness to us. Reflect on all the things God is, you know, on our marriage and spending time together. It, it just really, you know, revitalized us. And I, I think that's what we all need to do with Jesus. So, you know, so take time to think. Think about his love and his grace and his compassion, his power, his authority. Think of everything he's done for you. Think of the amazing eternity that he won for you. Of the lake of fire that you're not now going to. All out of his grace and mercy. And, and, and just let, yeah, let, let's get excited about our treasure. And then share it. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, it's worth it. And it's so worth it, it's worth sharing. Why don't we pray? Father, thank you again for Jesus. Thank you for everything he did for us. Thank you for your grace in, in sparing us from judgment, sparing us from what we deserve. Thank you for that love. Thank you for Christmas, how Jesus came and, and lived and died and rose. Father, forgive us when we are not excited. Forgive us when we are too distracted by little things that don't last. When we are too excited about toys, gadgets, and we don't remember Jesus. Please, yeah, help us to spend time reflecting. Help us to, to be excited again. That Jesus would be our greatest treasure. And that we just can't help but share it. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Because he is so precious to us. The gospel is so precious. The kingdom is so precious. You are so wonderful. Please do that work in us. And would this be a, a wonderful year where we, yeah, where we have joy in Jesus, whatever happens, whatever it costs, and where we see more people receiving this treasure and that same joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.